word of God. He was standing by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were, also, so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Praise be to God. Good morning, everyone. What a joy to be here together with brothers and sisters. To know that God lives here amongst us at this moment. We gather on Sundays because we long for the day when the Lord returns and all of us will be worshiping God by sight. He will be before us. There won't be a pastor preaching God's word. It will be Jesus, the Son of God, before you. You will be in awe of him. And your hearts will be delighted to see his holiness and perfection. And you will long for all of eternity to search the ways of our God, to learn to love him even more. We will live in all of eternity with brothers and sisters like here today as we in perfection grow to love each other and grow to fellowship with one another. There will be a day when we gather together and we will have meals together and enjoy one another's fellowship. There will be those days when for some of you like me who are not very good with music, you'll be able to sing really well. For those of you who enjoy sports and not very good at sports, you'll be able to dunk that basketball for the first time ever. For those of you who want to enjoy what God has made, you will be able to enjoy it in the presence of God forever. We are here together to long for that day. To lament the fact that this world is still broken. To lament that our hearts still run towards sin. But we are also here with the hope and knowing that we are forgiven and with the hope in knowing 
that one day God will return. So we come on Sundays to worship, and it's not in vain. It's never in vain. God always has something to teach us. Even if it's something as simple as, I need to be in God's presence. Let the Lord minister to you. Let the Lord teach you his ways. Our message today is entitled, Disciples Wanted. And in this passage today, we see how Jesus, the Son of God, deals with one of his apostles, the apostle Simon Peter. We see how he recruits him. And we have at least one template, and perhaps this is a template for you, of how God reaches out to the people of this world in order to bring that person to him. We ourselves long to know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we are not allowed, if I can say it this way, to tell Jesus how we want to follow him. But we must allow Jesus to instruct us what it means to be a follower of the Son of God. And just like none of us would like anyone else to define who we are and presume upon our identity and presume upon what they can have in a relationship with us, we must allow Scripture to unfold and the story to unfold and to have open eyes and open hearts to see what Christ and how Christ calls us to him. So Jesus' ministry is starting to pick up steam. People have come to want their friends to be healed. People have come to want their friends and their families, their, the demons that they possess, to be, to be cast out. And people are pressing upon Jesus. He proclaims the word of God as he proclaims the good news. And so here we have an example. Jesus is by the lake of Gennesaret, and he asks Simon Peter, listen, I need your help, that there's too many people around me. Can I get in your boat? And we'll go out a little bit, and I'll speak from there, and so the crowds can be upon the shore, I can preach, and I can teach and I can do so without feeling the bodies all around me. So Peter did as he was told. Simon Peter obeyed the Lord, followed his request, and went out. And after Jesus has, begun, has finished speaking, and Jesus did something very remarkable. And here was Jesus' way to catch Simon Peter's attention. 
This is Jesus' way of saying, hey, wake up. I'm about to do something for you that you may know who I am. And I want you to pay attention carefully to what I do. And hopefully you will be, you will have, you'll be able to deduct who you are and who I am. And so in verse 2, he said to Simon, uh, sorry, verse 4, he said, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Now, Simon Peter was an expert fisherman. He most likely knew this lake very well. He knew the seasons and where the fish would be in each of these seasons. He knew what type of fish there were. And he knew when was a good time and when was not a good time to catch fish. One of the remarkable things about here in Georgia that I learned that in Lake Lanier, they have bass fishing competitions. And in fact, here in northern Georgia, there's actually high school teams, varsity teams, that do bass fishing. Believe it or not. These kids go out to Lake Lanier and they study the waters. They study the fish. They study its breathing habits. And so when that competition day comes, they know where the fish are. People like you and me go fishing. We go and we just find, a, find the, the shore of a lake, put our fishing rods in, and most of us will catch nothing. And I mean nothing. Fishing is a lot more difficult than we could ever imagine. There's one person here in our church whose name would be um, anonymous. Uh, he's not here right now. But he started to learn how to fish. Last year, I believe. He still hasn't caught a fish yet. <laughs> fishing is difficult. In fact, for children, they'll have little ponds and they'll stock the fish so they can throw it and cast and catch fish for them to encourage them. Here was Simon Peter, an expert in fishing. He knew all of the ways. And here is Jesus, who probably knows very little, if, if nothing, about fishing. And Jesus asks him, let's go out and put down your nets. 
It is like if I went to a bass fishing contest and told the fisherman, let's go over there. That's where we'll catch fish and win. He'll look at me and he'll say, you know nothing. Why should I listen to you? We see something remarkable about Simon Peter. On his journey to understand who Jesus is. See, part of the journey in understanding and getting to know Jesus is to doubt your own knowledge and to doubt your own expertise about who you are and to simply trust God or trust Jesus simply because he told you to. I think that's a lesson for, for all of us and not just Simon himself. That we trust in our own instincts, our own knowledge, our own learnedness to understand not simply fishing, but to understand the ways of our world. And oftentimes when someone says to you, Listen, don't do it X, do it Y. And this person has no expertise in X. Most of you will say, forget it. Your business plan is not sound. Your past work experience and knowledge is not sound. What you are telling me is foolishness. It's not sound. But for us as God's people, to grow in knowing who Jesus is and to allow Jesus to grow in his stature in our own lives, we must doubt our own knowledge, our own expertise, our own learnedness. For if we depend upon ourselves and our own descriptions of who we are we will never get to see Jesus himself and so God asks you just as he asked Simon just doubt your expertise go against the grain of everything that you know And trust in me. And that's what Simon did. When he says to him, but at your word, I will let down the nets. So in order for us to say no to ourselves, we say yes to someone whose power whose knowledge is greater than ours. At this point, at this juncture, we know that Peter 
has listened to Jesus preach. At this juncture, we know that Peter has witnessed healing. Peter has witnessed the casting out of demons. Peter has seen from the outside what God is doing. But now the question comes, do you trust me? Will you be willing to follow me? Will you, who has seen the miracles about you, will you, who have heard the good news, does this existentially apply to you now and today? And here, Peter says, at your word, I will let down the nets. Brothers and sisters, for us to continue to walk with the Lord, and for some of us even to even start walking with the Lord, Perhaps we've seen miracles around us of what Jesus has done in other people's lives. Perhaps we've seen how the word of God has, has changed others as well. And oftentimes you ask the question, is this, is this for me? And Jesus asked you and asked me to, to trust in his power. To trust that he himself knows what is best for you and for all of us. For Peter, it was being humble enough to say, I'm an expert. You're God. I think you're God. You've been teaching these wonderful things. You've been healing people. All right. It's my turn. At your word, I let down the nets. Brothers and sisters, where is it that you need to trust in the Lord's power the most? To let go. What is Jesus teaching you today? What is it that's causing you anxiety? What is it that keeps you up late at night? What is it when people push that button and you get angry? Let the Lord minister to you and trust in his power. Now, this is the amazing thing. If you are willing to doubt your knowledge about who you are, if you're willing to trust in Jesus' power, Jesus will do amazing things in your life. And we see that here in this passage. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. 
they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they saw and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Jesus is remarkable when you allow him to work in your lives. Jesus will do amazing things. And we see here with Peter, could you imagine how awestruck Peter must, must have been? Fishing all night long. And yet, Jesus. Jesus told them just to go out, let down the nets, and they catch enough fish for two boats. God is amazing in that he does amazing things for your heart. That if you allow God to work in you and you trust in him fully, God will change you and God will minister to you. But here's the thing. You can't just give 50%. You can't just give 75%. You can't give just 90%. And dare I say, you can't just give 99.99%. But you must trust him fully. For when you trust him fully, your eyes will be open to the power of God in your life. We are cynics in this world. All of us are. Social media has grown that cynicism to levels that, that I haven't seen ever in my, my, my short life. You could post something good on social media and people will tear it down. You yourself can share a great story about what God has done in your life and people will tear it down. You can have experiences, spiritual experiences, genuine experience of God in your life and people will tear it down. And we ourselves do that to the, with the Lord as well. I can imagine if Peter was a modern day person and he saw all these fish come. He could assess something like, oh, Jesus got lucky. <laughs> you got lucky today. Thanks, Jesus. You're a great miracle worker. Thank you. You got lucky. But that's wonderful. That was awesome. Beginner's luck. I could see Peter saying things very similar to that. Yeah. You never fished before. But, you know, maybe it was that time of season where the fish were just swimming somewhere else and they just all came out at the same time. We have to be amazed that when we see Jesus do things, that really it is Jesus doing things. 
It is Jesus doing things. Jesus is working in your life. Jesus is saving people. Jesus is sanctifying people. Jesus is changing people. Jesus is changing you. Jesus is growing you. There is enough cynicism in this world, but we know that God and God's Spirit testifies with us that He is alive and He's working. And so cast out your doubts. Cast out your perfectionism, which is a self-centered perfectionism. And with your heart, trust God. And when he does work in your life, be amazed at his work. In our church, in our church today, when people share with one another, Jesus really has spoken to me through his word that I've not loved you as I should have. Or Jesus has spoken to me through his word and, and through my brothers and my sisters that my prayer life needs to grow in, with, with him. Or when someone shares, Jesus answered my prayers. My father was sick and God healed him. Our response should not be, oh, okay, that's good. Our response should not be, oh, God must have used secondary, secondary causes to, to help heal this person. Our thoughts should not be just the cerebral analysis of what happened. Our response should be amazement of what Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And then fourthly, look what Simon Peter does. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken today. I don't know about you, but my first response would be, hey, Jesus, can we go fishing tomorrow morning? I need more fish. Hey, Jesus, can we go out fishing weekly? You know, economically, this is helping me out a lot. <laughs> but at their astonishment and as amazement, Peter realized something that we need to realize. That it's not about the miracles, right? That we're after. It's not. But it's about the person who does the miracles. And Simon Peter realized that this man was a holy man. That perhaps this man truly is the son of God and his response is a response 
of any person who understands holiness and sin. Get away from me. I do not deserve to be in your presence. I am a sinful, unclean person. We see this theme all over Scripture in Isaiah chapter 6 when Isaiah was called into his minist- to the ministry. He sees God and, and says, depart from me. But God cleanses him and says, listen, you're my prophet. You need to go and, and do the work that I've called you to do. We ourselves have our own understanding of holiness and sinfulness and, and maybe this analogy can, can help you. Perhaps you're someone who's an athlete. Let's say for some reason you are a basketball player and you love playing basketball. And all you can think about is basketball. And all you can think about is the perfection of basketball. And you're that type of person who watches YouTube and, and watches basketball over and over and over again. I don't know why you would do that, but you do that. And you play every day at Lifetime or at the, your school and you, and you enjoy the game so much. But there's a perfection, a holiness to a type of game that is played. Perhaps it's Michael Jordan, perhaps it's Kobe Bryant, who, whoever it may be. There's, a, there's, a, there's the, the, this pantheon of people and there's this perfect, 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 perfect type of basketball that is played. But here you are, you can, you can dribble a little bit. But when you tape yourself and you watch yourself play, you're like, who's this slow Asian guy? But you love the game. You're imperfect, but you love the game. Let's say one day all your heroes, forget time and space, okay? All your heroes come out and they're playing a game. And you show up and they say, you want to play? Your first thought is not, dude, I'm out there, I'm going to play. Your first thought, if you really know basketball, you really love basketball, you really studied at basketball, you really had a, a high respect for basketball, your first thought is, I'm not worthy to play. And you take a step back. I'm not worthy to play. Or let me give you another example. A, a friend of mine during seminary, he, he, uh, he was a cellist. And uh, he went to Princeton University, and uh, one day Yo-Yo Ma came, came to do a master class, but his cello got lost on, on a trip. And so he asked the music department, who has the best cello in this school? And it happened to be my friend. He had the best cello, $10,000 cello or something like that. So he used his cello as a master class at Princeton University. He played his cello to teach other people how to play cello. My friend said, after that, I didn't touch my cello for like three, four months. There's no way I was going to touch that. Yo-Yo Ma played it. I can't. I would do injustice to my cello if if I ever played it. This reaction is a proper reaction to those of us who know the Lord. It's when we see the presence of God, the miracle works that is there. We are in so awe that we go, God, away from me. I'm sinful. 
I want the perfection of knowing you. I want the perfection of, of being with you. But there is no way I should be even close to you. For those of us who don't yet quite understand, if you're a person who doesn't quite understand this, then your reaction is going to be, oh, sure. Jesus, let's go out next month. I need more, need more fish. Or your reaction would be, oh, they're just a bunch of guys playing basketball. I have no idea who they are. They're, they all look the same to me. Yeah, I'll go play. Your reaction would be, yo-yo ma, who's yo-yo ma? Okay, I'll just play my child. It's no big deal. But when you see that the Jesus who's been preaching that I am the bread of life, the Jesus who's been doing miracles, the Jesus who resurrected from the grave, the Jesus who took away your sins, the Jesus who allows you to have fellowship with him, the Jesus who makes you whole again is before you. You acknowledge your sinfulness. And the beautiful thing about this story is that God doesn't show you your sinfulness to destroy you, right? God shows you his, your sinfulness to restore you, to forgive you, to bring you near. And so we may be strong in our words and say, depart from me. Jesus is stronger in his love to bring you closer to him. And praise God for that infinite love because all of us would rather say depart than come closer. We know that Jesus is the one that when we acknowledge our sins, he will forgive us and restore us again. Praise be to him. Praise be to the way that the Lord himself drew Simon out. Praise be to how perhaps he's drawing you out even now through this story, through God's word here. But that's not the end. There's a purpose to what Jesus is doing. There's a goal, a, a telos, a, a, an ending to all of this. We can't stop here. This would be like people dating with no idea why they're dating. This would be like people starting a project without knowing what the end goal of the project is. But Jesus has called us for a purpose. Jesus says at the end of verse 10, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. When you meet God face to face, the reaction is not, Jesus, I'll see you next month. The reaction is, I will leave everything and follow you. That's the reaction 
of a sane person who knows and sees God. An insane reaction to it would be simply to say, I'll see you next week, see you next month. The world may see this and say, how can they leave? They just got two boatloads of fish. You know how much money that is? And still leave all of that to follow. But for those who see Jesus as their treasure, the only sane and logical response is to leave everything to follow him. And so this is where your faith can't be 99%, 99.999%. It's got to be 100% all in. Because when you meet the Son of God, you leave all things to follow him. And what is your task? Some of us say, you know, I don't know if I have the gift of being being an evangelist. I don't think I'm ready to share the gospel. I don't think I'm ready to share with people um, who God is. My knowledge is very weak. My experience is very weak. I, I don't know what to do. But look at this story. Jesus tells Peter, you will be catching men. In other words, you will be going forth preaching, teaching, and showing the gospel, sharing the good news, and people will come to faith. And the only thing that Peter has done in this story is simply to say, get away from me, Jesus. That's all he's done. All he says, okay, I'll trust you, then get away from me. That is the only thing, the only requirements that we as God's people need to be his disciples and to do the work of a disciple and to tell the good news to all people. And so when we leave and follow, the joy that we have is simply this story that we've seen. How are you able to share the gospel well? How are you able to trust the gospel well? Number one, you doubt your own knowledge. Doubt your doubts about what you can do, what you can't do. You trust in Jesus' power, right? If God can change me, when I said to God, depart from me, and God says, no, I'm not going to depart from you, God can surely do that for others as well. I was amazed at, at the way God has changed me. Surely, God, if God can do that type of miracle in me, God can do that type of miracle in anyone else. Expect amazing God to do amazing things. Continue to acknowledge your sinfulness and to acknowledge the sinfulness of the people around you and know that the only way that, that we can be drawn to him is if God draws himself to us. Expect the logical response of all people to be, depart from me, God, and to watch God say, no, I'm going to bring you to me. And expect people like yourself to leave everything and to follow him.
the greats of the NBA came to you and said, you who love basketball oh so much, leave your life and just hit the road with us and we'll teach you how to play the game. Would you not leave? Your parents wouldn't like it. <laughs> but would you not leave? If the Lord of the universe says to you, all that I have I give to you. Follow me. The only rational conclusion for us is to say, yes, I will follow you. Uh, for those of you here who may be hearing this news for the first time, I encourage you, doubt your doubts about Jesus and about Christianity. Just, just doubt them for now. I encourage you, just read the Bible and say, let me hear the story of Jesus on your terms, God. Just let me hear it. Just for a time period, for 100%, just put yourself in a cocoon, if I could put it this way, and say, all right, I'm going to listen and give the benefit of the doubt to the arguments I hear in Scripture. Allow Jesus to define himself first before you make any decision. And I pray and I hope, and we all here pray and hope that you will see that Jesus is who he declares to be, the Lord of this world. For my brothers and sisters who are here before me, I urge you to remember how God called you Remember what God has called you to, to, to spread the good news of Jesus. Remember to trust in him. Remember to continue to leave the things of this world. I know it's hard. And to continue to follow him and him alone. Continue to seek after the, the beauty and joy that is in knowing our Savior. And let this church and this community of believers shine forth to all that it is logical, that it would be insane not to follow him. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We ask of you, Lord Jesus, to continue to nurture us as your people, to nurture this church. Lord, we confess to you that we are a church that would indeed in our words and our actions say, depart from me, Jesus, we can handle this, or depart from me, Jesus, because we're just too messed up. But you insist on being here because this is your church. You insist on being here because you chose us. You insist on being here because you insist on using us to bring other people to you. So help us, Lord God, to obey that calling you have given to us. Give us joy in knowing you. 
and give us joy, Lord, in the adventure we have to share the good news with all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.